Jones. Here. I think we can say it's here, right? Football? Football. Oh, it's here. Yeah, we're here. I mean, we got camps. We got, we camps. got NFL camps started. We were in Western Iowa in Omaha week. We had Omaha week. We uh, we did have Omaha week on the podcast and the site. Uh, the road show. Thanks to everybody who came out Incredible. in Omaha and Clorinda. You guys were nervous about turnout for Clorinda. Ha. Stansbury wasn't. I was. I I get nervous all the time. Well, awesome. we were going up against the county fair. I, I get it. That was incredible. I mean, what a. Yeah. Honestly, you could not have scripted the two days better. No, it's it just was a really, phenomenal experience. I mean, we had damn near 200 people show up in Clorinda, Iowa. It was more than that. You think so? Yeah. If you count well, people was, inside, too, absolutely. Yeah. It was nuts. Uh, we are doing the podcast tonight with my daughter, Elise, the two year old in the background. She's our audience, studio audience. Yeah. Um, I want to thank our friends at MacDyne and the MacDyne Corporation. Check them out at MacDyne.com. Always sponsoring what we do here at Cyclone Fanatic. I, we couldn't do a lot of things without MacDyne. They've been just fantastic. I've seen my guy Chris this week. Oh, are you? Yeah. Order do lunch. Awesome. My man. You tell him I said hello. I will. I uh, need to get back up to Marshalltown to the he, races. He, he's the best. He is the best. Uh, I also want to thank our friend Tom Killiper, the Killiper Corp. Um they are both of these great companies are looking for help. Well, more so, Killiper. Mechdyne's always looking for good Iowa Staters. Tom is like, we have a very direct need and want for right there names. really great people. Just go go look at the jobs, please. Yeah. KillerperCorp.com. Or tell somebody to apply. A family owned that. company. Yeah. If, if you know somebody who's looking for a great job, you go to KillerperCorp.com and click on that careers tab on the upper right. And I'm looking now, there's like six positions available. It's growing that are all growing business, family owned. Yep. Go and check them out. And then uh, also our friends at Mechdyne, Mechdyne.com. All right. Um, really packed show tonight. We earlier today interviewed Iowa State head football coach Matt Campbell for about 30 minutes to get everybody primed for the season. We talked about um, some areas on the team, the Big 12. Uh, we also talked about what we've been doing in the last week with four of his players, and it's just it was really a cool experience, Bloom, with uh, spending some time with Will McDonald, Tavon Kyle, Anthony Johnson, and Isaiah Lee uh, on the road show. Those guys were awesome. One really funny story. There's several. It, well, there are a lot well, of funny stories story, from yeah. it, but they, I was trying like hell to get these guys to go. I had Beliska <laughs> Johnny lined up. This is 100% true story. I had him lined up. And this is like a legitimate ghost hunter. He's on like the TV shows and stuff. The ghost hunters, ghost stalkers, all that. The axe murder house. Yeah. There was legitimately axe murders. Yeah. Johnny Hauser was going to take us all on a tour. And the fellas did not want any piece of that. Bad mojo before camp. I get it. Anthony Johnson wanted no piece of being near. (laughs) And I probably didn't help because I'm presenting the idea to them. And Anthony goes, what do you do? Like, I'm like, well, you go in and you look for ghosts. He's like, what do you mean? I go, I'm going to go in there and I go, I'm going to antagonize the ghost and try and get them upset. And I'm going to swear at them and see if I can get them to come out. And he's like, oh, hell no. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we were trying to find something for the guys to do that day in Clorinda while they were waiting around. And they did. They had zero interest in going to the Velisca Axe Murder House. Oh, man. Fun night, though, in Omaha. Omaha's crowd was amazing. We had to cap that one on tickets because of the smaller uh, loom 
Lumen Beer Company. I've had more texts about, is that beer really good? It's, it's a seltzer, by the way. Somebody was getting yeah. on you, it's a seltzer, it's not a beer, Well, whatever, it's, it's phenomenal. The, the Orange, orange Julius. Julius, oh my goodness. The Get next, over there just for that. The next time Dan comes to Des Moines, I'm going to have him bring me a bunch of Crowlers. Because it's that good. Yeah, can he, can he legally cross state lines with it's that? It's his beer. He made it. <laughs> right. I don't want to get him in trouble. I mean, my God. That was fun. Sage Rosenfels Sage came is, out. Yep. Sage stole the show, as he does. Just met a lot of great people in Omaha. They were just grateful that... Sage that, met Sage. Yeah, that was That cool. made me feel really old. Yeah, so this that was young, a neat This deal. young, I say young, he's, he's of age to drink, clearly, because he was at the event. Young Sage met older Sage... And he was named after Sage. His parents named him after the Inside.com Bowl in 2000. Incredible. Just 22 years ago. Just incredible. Yeah. Neat deal. And then down in Clorinda, we had people from Kansas oh, all City. Over. Yep. Um, shout out to Zach who came all the way Zach from Kansas is the City. Best. Really, I spent about two hours with him. You know, I didn't go to bed till like four. I got. I woke up. You know, we were feeling pretty good around 12:30. Yeah. And no. call the night. I got a I got a text from Williams in the middle of the night. I don't I don't remember getting Zach, it. Zach from Kansas City and I with some choice words about why are you asleep now. I actually want to have um, Zach on our podcast because I think it's he a has a story. really inspiring yeah. story. Uh, really awesome Cyclone fan, and he came all the way up from Kansas City, and he had a room at the Cobblestone, which is where we were staying as well. And me and him sat in the lobby of the Cobblestone, drinking Bush Light until about three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and it was just great to hear. Uh, is just this great so those passionate are, cyclone yeah. fan story and like we got to know each other and it, we traded like some books that each other should read yeah. and like I made a really good a new friend and yep. that's great what guy. these things are all about. Well and then he I mean, he had he had had the chance to meet all those guys, including yep. you know, probably future NFL guys right there in Clorinda. So I mean it was why do we do this? And it's stuff like that. Like that Absolutely. is a very rewarding couple of days. Got a couple more of these events coming up in Jefferson and in LeClaire. Uh, we are going to sell tickets for LeClaire again because Mississippi River Distilling uh, has limited space, but that'll be the 24th and the 25th. So look out for that and uh, looking forward to getting back on the road. And that'll be really right before the season. That's so right. things are going to be Ramping heating up. up at that point. Let's not screw around. Yeah, let's get into right this and uh, let's listen to this interview from uh, earlier today. And then we're going to talk about the Pac-12. We'll let Matt go. We'll talk about the Pac-12, basically declaring war against the Big 12 earlier today. And I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh uh, wanting to adopt his players' babies. Uh, all that coming up tonight here on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Let's uh, listen to this interview with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. All right, media day is coming up on, man, it's Tuesday and uh, we're excited to get a few minutes with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell here on the Sunday Night Pod. What's up? What, what are you doing your last weekend before camp, Coach? What do we do? Man, we, we had a lot of family time. Um, you know, we we Friday a lot of a lot of time just hanging out. Saturday a lot of football in the backyard. We had a mega water slide going on in the backyard that <laughs> about every neighbor could in in the uh, in on the water slide, which was great. And then we kind of a little bit of chill time today on on Sunday. So we're we're gearing up, and I, everybody everybody's ready for fall. You, I, I was like talking like just kind of like life philosophy with you. So when you, you're getting ready for camp and I know like when you get into camp, it's lockdown time, right? Like balls to the wall, total focus, but you also have to like clear your mind before you can get into that mindset. It's just 
that's just part of being a human being. Like you can't be a healthy human and just be that ultra focused all the time. What do you do like mentally to get yourself into that camp mode? If that makes sense. What's your process? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, um, you know, you, you, you've heard me, you, I, I know I'll get crap for this cause I always talk about process, but I feel like I've got, man, since I was the kid in high school to even now it's like 4th of July comes. And as soon as that day goes away, I feel like I am mentally and physically preparing for fall camp and football. You know, I, I think physically, you know, there's a process I try to go through to be ready to go. Um, you know, I feel like my workouts become intense, man, you're ready to rock and roll. Cause you know, what the, the physical grind it has on you still, even as coaches. And then, and then the mental piece of it, you know, I, I think really turning the corner towards preparation and, and, and dotting every I and crossing every T to make sure not only what you do in camp, but what you want to get out of fall camp. And, and, you know, we'll have a big meeting tomorrow as a staff to everybody's kind of been off for five days and, you know, kind of circle back and, and make sure, you know, starting back over culturally of who we are, what we want to stand for, what are the challenges in front of us and are we all aligned going in the right direction? And, you know, I think I'm constantly thinking of what can, what can get us, what can, what can not allow us to reach our full potential and, and making sure we're doing everything to prepare to not let those things occur. Matt, tell me if I'm crazy, but it seemed like at, down in Dallas at Media Days, you were kind of extra pumped up and fired up. I don't know if it's proving people wrong is the right thing to say, but it it seems like, unlike last year, the expectations are a little bit different, but it, it feels to me that this group has a chance to kind of prove people wrong and, and really show that the Iowa State program is not going anywhere. Yeah, and, and, and you know, Brent, I almost feel like it's 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 another opportunity, and I feel like boy, since 2017, we're answering the same questions about our program because everybody's waiting for us to go away. Right. And I think it's another opportunity for us to, to prove ourselves right. And, you know, I, I think, you know, that has really been the big thing internally, you know, really over the course of the last six years is how do you gain real authentic confidence about a program and a place that we really believe in and worked really hard to build and, you know, I, I think, you know, I said it immediate day and I, I really mean this, like, you know, greatness is not found in life by overcoming others or what others think of you. It is found by this unique ability to overcome yourself. And we've learned a lot about ourselves over the last, last five, six years. And I think the most thing that we've learned is we can do it. We can have great success here. There is a pathway and you know what, at our best, we've had certain qualities and those are the qualities we're really working hard to continue to obtain and consistently um, probably exude to become the best the best team and the best program that we want to be. I've talked about this a lot, but I, I think it's worth hammering while we have you here in, in this type of a setting. So to me, like there's a there were two games that people it may not come to people's mind, but it, I think that they were really um, big ones that I would circle for the evolution of your program, the Notre Dame game, because I left that stadium and I was like, man, they played hard, but they physically weren't up to it. Like just in the trenches, Notre Dame just really dom. Like across the field, it looked like, you know, <laughs> it looked like Iowa State still has a ways to go. 
a similar meeting the next time you're in Orlando with Clemson, who's won national championships, one of the premier programs in college football. And, and you have a lot of guys out for good reasons. They're going pro, like, but there's a lot of guys out. And I watched a lot of guys in the two deep who I hadn't necessarily seen play before. And they, you may have lost the football game, but physically Iowa State belonged on the field with Clemson. I guess I just – and I remember my, my flight home, and I'm writing a column about it, and I was enthusiastic. Like, it, you might be like, in the past, like, oh, you're losing all these seniors. Man, it's going to be a rebuild. Man, I was really enthusiastic, and I've watched that game like three times, and you guys belonged on the field. So how excited did that make you just to see really young guys who have been on your scout team, but you looked at them and you said physically, man, like we – we're in a really good spot here going forward. Yeah, you know, I, I think that 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 is something that that I know, Chris, you know us, and Brendan, you know us, I think, well enough that we've never tried to shortcut this process, mm-hmm. right? Like we we've tried to build this program as deep and as good to go and line up every Saturday, no matter who it is and who we're gonna play and have every opportunity to go win the football game. And if you look at our last three bowl games at the end of the season, um, man, you, you talk about you, you get to play um, Notre Dame, you get to play Oregon, you get to play Clemson. And, you know, and you you're, you're, you're win one of those games. Obviously, you're right, Chris, the Notre Dame game still was a great tell of where we were and, and where we needed to get to. Mm-hmm. And I, I think then you, you get this opportunity to play Clemson at the end of the season. And, I, I agree. I, I think for, for us, it was positive because, man, we've tried to build this now going into our seventh season every year to get better and knowing where we want to go and where we want to be. So when we line up every Saturday, we got a chance to go win the football game. And at the end of the season, we have a chance to be a team that's up there with the best of the best in college football. And, you know, we never built this for one game. We're not trying to win. Man, we want to win every game we play. And we want to, when the season comes to an end, we want to have a chance to be one of the best teams in college football year in and year out. And so I I think it was great for us to to have some young guys that got great opportunity. Um, You know, we certainly, you know, we certainly respect the Brees' decision and obviously you know Mike was in a tough spot at the end of the season but you know you can either look at some of those as obstacles or opportunities and I, I think even you know we felt as a program what a great opportunity for us and some of these guys to use this Clemson game as the first step towards this 2022 football season and and know that, that there are some opportunities for guys to gain confidence and we know real confidence is earned on the football field. So, um, yeah, I, I think real positive for us, for sure. Matt, Chris and I had the uh, pleasure of, of being around four of your guys this week on the Cyclone Fanatic Road Tour. It was Isaiah Lee, Will McDonald, Tavon Kyle, and Anthony Johnson. And I would say three of those guys for sure had the chance to pursue other opportunities after last year. Man, what g- good dudes, for one, but how important is it for the culture of your team to show some of these young guys that they chose to stick around and be a Cyclone? Yeah, I, I think a great point, Brendan. And I do think that's like continuity, retention, keeping great players in your program. Everybody wants to talk about some of the tough things that are going on right now in, in college athletics. 
But I, I feel like if you shine a real light on our program and see the amount of guys that stayed, the amount of guys that believe in what's going on here, um, and the, the like you said, the quality of those kind of players, whether it was professionally or, man, being pursued maybe by other people at the time, their opportunity to stay the course here, I think that is really important. And I, I Iowa State football will always be better when it's got great veteran leadership that can show the young guys in the program what it means to be a part of our football program. And, you know, we are really fortunate this year because, you know, you, you, you see some of those names, Isaiah Lee, you know, boy, had to work for everything he's gotten. Anthony Smith or Anthony Johnson has had to work for everything that he's gotten. Will McDonald has had to work for everything that he's gotten. Um, and, and those are guys that have made themselves some of the best in the business. And then you talk about a guy like Tavon Kyle, who probably has every right to say, man, I should have got jumped in the transfer portal, went to school X, Y, and Z. But instead, instead of running from adversity, he's faced it. He's gotten better, worked through it, and now he's ready to go have a great senior year. And so, again, I, I still think that's what's special about our sport. That's what's special about football and I, I hope that's what's really special about Iowa State football is the cultural piece of working through hard and becoming the best version of you is still real and still available and it's still what makes us a special football team. Wanted to tell everybody a quick story here and you'll like to hear this too coach we were we were in our hometown my hometown not Brent's um, I'm from the suburbs yeah of Bloom's the farthest <laughs> thing from a kid from Clarendon Iowa that you can possibly imagine um, and we're, we get done with the program and I'm, a lot of the guys are taking pictures with fans and I'm talking to somebody and I looked over and, and you see Anthony Johnson, all big 12 defensive back. And he's, he's taken down, uh, you can hear my kid in the background. I apologize for that. Everybody he's, he's folding up chairs and tables and tearing down the equipment with just the, the local people who helped put this on. And I, I, I had multiple people that were just blown away by that, and they 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 made comments. But what what does that mean to you to to hear a story like that about one of your guys? Well, I I think the the greatest thing for me is is you know Chris for you for Brent who know our kids and know what our kids are about, but to be with them in that setting and to let the rest of the world see. Number one, these are young men. These are these are guys that. We're grooming not only to be great football players, but but my hope is number one is they leave our program and go make a difference in our world right now and stand up and be great leaders and be great men and be great husbands and fathers someday. And you know, you you talk about a guy like Anthony and and you know, I probably why I'm so excited about getting started with this team and you know you, you you still have great veteran leadership and when you have a guy like anthony johnson who man anthony's been through hard he he hasn't the he hasn't had every um the, the deck's probably been stacked against ants for a lot of a lot of his life and you know ant is a guy that has never whined or complained he's just persevered and and now he's become this pillar of leadership and excellence and you know, and it, and it starts with the little things. It starts with how he carries himself and how he treats others. And, you know, just this ability to have humility and character. I mean, it, it, it's, it's awesome to hear stories like that, because to be honest with you, it's as great as, as winning, winning a football game. When you hear your guys, man, going out and representing themselves and who they are as men um, the right way. And we're really proud of them. Well, on that note, Bloom just took a new position uh, leading the collective uh, for Iowa, not 
it's not connected, but I, I don't know how I'm supposed to phrase right. it. But it's my the point is, collective. yeah, it's a everybody it's, knows the it's a the new parameters. deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get what what does this like new world look like for you, coach? Because again, you kind of let into it there, and this it's a really good segue because I I got to talk to those four guys a lot over the last week and really blown away like by like none of those guys got rich by being with us, but I think that they all. They made some money, which was really good for them. And they had some cool experiences seeing, like, I, I don't think that those guys had ever seen so many people in cowboy boots that they did in my hometown. Yeah. Um, but they, like, it was, my, you, know, you know what I love the most about it? Because I've been doing the fan site thing. This will be my 19th season uh, with the Iowa State thing. And I love the fact that we were able to bring guys to go face-to-face with fans who now, like, after a loss, might think differently before going on Twitter and blowing up a 19-year-old, right? Like, I, right. I that's how, like, it, it made a difference to me. But, like, it, it was just really, really cool for me, Coach, to be able to see these guys and that they're able to just go and interact like that with yeah. with the people who are buying season tickets and, you know, providing their full-ride scholarship by that matter, right? Like, yeah. I, it was yeah. awesome. I and how do you view this new world going forward? Like with what Bloom is going to be doing, and some of the things that we've been doing, we t-shirts with guys and stuff like that. What is your now that you've had a year to look at it? How do you view this? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's a great question, and it, and I think the the first the first part of it is is you know I I think if we can just step back and take a realistic look at this is we we certainly know that NLI it's here right and it's a part of college athletics and to be honest with you it's not going away and you know it's like anything you can either you can in in the traditionalist part of even myself at times is question man is this right is it not right what's the best thing and I, I, I still would would say this, and you know, I, 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 I first before I even get going would say thank you to both of you because Chris and and obviously Brent, you stepping up in a major way, you know, guys who number one care about our players, and number two, I think know the authenticity that you know myself and TJ, I, all of our coaches, I think really approach this is man, I, I don't ever see NIL as a way to get young men to come to Iowa State and say, man, we're coming there because Iowa State's just doing such a great job paying their players. But I do think, man, there are opportunities for young men that, man, in the way that this rule was shaped, that young men who are achieving and having success and and within the framework of our program that they can enhance their lives and, and enhance the support of these players for what they're doing for our university and what they're doing for our program and the time, the effort and investment that they've made, you know, our, our players, you know, certainly deserve those opportunities if those opportunities exist. And, you know, I think that's one of the really special things about being a part of Iowa state football and really Iowa state athletics in general is, one of the greatest things that we have is this incredible fan base who first and foremost, I would say the the biggest thing our fan base can do is they can do a great job of supporting our teams. Cause that's, what's made it really special to be a cyclone and showing up on Saturdays and Jack Trice or being there in Hilton for all the great events that, that go on there and all of our great teams that play. But I also think this unique opportunity at times that maybe there is a favorite player. Maybe there's a player that's excelling the, the opportunity to, to help them to be able to continue to financially benefit them or their families. 
Um, yeah, I am really supportive of that because I think young people, especially on the national stage that they continue to put our team and our program on, um, you know, if that opportunity exists, we want to give them that opportunity to certainly earn what, you know, they've got the opportunity to earn. And, you know, I, I, I would still tell you always for us, and here's what I'm really proud of with our kids is I feel the way our programs handled it is, you know, there are only 24 hours in the day. Yep. And, you know, I think our kids still understand that real money at the end of the day is still earned by mastering your craft or mastering, obviously, your education. And, you know, I think our kids have never, never put NIL in front of their priorities of academics or their priorities in terms of becoming the best football player they can be. And, you know, I, I also would tell you that, you know, I'm a big believer that team is more important than individual. And so, you know, I think that how our guys have handled it and, and really how we've been able to handle it inside our locker room, I've been really proud of and to have great people that are leading the NIL world around us. I think that makes me feel really confident. And like I said, Brent, we really appreciate you standing up and wanting to lead and help our kids. And Chris, what you've done for our kids and our program, it's, it's been nothing short of exceptional. So we are really grateful for it. Well, thanks, Matt. And, and I'll say, you know, I was skeptical. If anybody listens to this podcast knows even a year ago, I'm like, I don't know how Iowa State will be able to, to figure this out. But clearly you guys have found the right message. And I think what's interesting after talking to some of the players, and I've, I've tried to express to people, we're not talking about, you know, huge checks that some of these schools probably can write. It's literally for some of these guys. Some of their folks have never been to Jack Trice Stadium before. And so it's a way for them maybe to maybe to purchase a plane ticket or to help their eyes experience what makes it more enjoyable, I think, for everybody involved. And that can be helpful for for all all counts that way. Yeah. And, and Brent, I think that is so big. I mean, when you hear stories about some of our young guys that come from distance and, you know, the inability of their families, you know, maybe being able to come to games, you know, you, you talk about some of our players who, you know, and, and these are stories that I look forward to getting out there. Some yep. of our players who have adopted and st stood up and adopted family members right. that are living with them currently, you know, in their apartments or, or their settings, because they, they felt like it was their best interest to help their family at home and, and take care of siblings to give them the best opportunity to be successful in life. And, you know, I, I still think that we do forget it is 18 to 22 year old young men and, and they are going through real life things. And, and so, you know, when they have earned the right to have successes, you know, to be able to, if there are opportunities for them to maximize that um, in, in the best way for them to help themselves and their families, you know, we certainly want to give them every opportunity to be able to do those things. I, um, the last thing on this, and then I, I'll have an actual football question for you. But go, go for it. I've had multiple times, too, and this is just with more than just football, but I, I think it's awesome, and I know that the fans appreciate it. Like, when I've when we have reached out to a student athlete and said, hey, do you want to do a T-shirt deal, or do you want to go on this deal and uh, go meet people? It happened with a couple of your players, and it happened specifically with women's basketball, too, where that player would then come back to me and say, hey, do you think you could do this for so-and-so as well? And yeah. like I, my, the reason I throw that out there, this is not all like, you know, thousand dollar handshakes, Singling right? People, right? Like it's just, it's just not. And yeah. there's a, these players across the board. They, they become brothers and sisters to their teammates and they're uh, one of your players. Like he, he's like, Hey, he knew that a, a, one of his brothers was in need and said, Hey, can we do, can we do something for him? Yeah. And this was before the collective even came, but that I just wanted fans to know that yeah. like, this isn't all 
under the table, shady, like it's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's like anything, Chris, as, as, as the year has gone through it, you, you see what some of the real positives can be. You certainly see when you talk about a program like ours, where retention of the student athlete is really important in growth. And, you know, those, those opportunities to continue to, um, I think really kind of fit with the messaging of who is Iowa state, who are we and where are we going? I think there are powerful opportunities within it and, and um, not a, a good portion of it doesn't have to be bad. There's a lot of really good happening. And, you know, I, I certainly look at our locker room and I'm really proud of what I see and how our kids have handled it. Coach, the, the one question I got over and over and over again in Western Iowa in Omaha is, How's Hunter Deckers? Are you, are you sick of the question yet? And uh, what, what can you tell us? Because you're going to hear it a lot this week, I'm sure, when the, when the media come ask it. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'll start with this. You know, I, I, the first thing that I would say about Hunter is we, we are really proud of Hunter. You know, I, I think Hunter is a young man who has worked really, really hard to maximize the opportunity that's in front of them. And, you know, I, I think we have, you know, as, as a fan, you can look and you can watch the reps and snaps that he has been able to take over the last two years and say, man, this guy has really done some positive things with the opportunity when he's gotten on the field and, you know, internally our coaches and certainly our players, I know the talent the mannerisms and, and certainly the work ethic that Hunter has put into really trying to become his best version of himself that he can be. And, you know, I, I really think he had a great spring for us. We, we really left positive in terms of what we saw the spring practice. Um, and then you, you, you really saw and watched how he led this team through the summer. And those are all things that give you a chance. And, and, you know, you'll hear me probably say this a million times until we play, right? Like till the lights come right. on and we get the opportunity to compete and, positive and negative happen on the football field. We're still defined by how we respond and especially at the quarterback position to success and failure. And, you know, we, we are really excited about those challenges ahead of us. Cause I think Hunter's got all the tools comes from an amazing family, amazing high school program that has prepped them for these opportunities. Um, and, and we're going to have to have a great fall camp to earn the right to be confident to handle those, those situations. But I'd say up until this point, he's done a great job. I'll say this to let you go. I think this was the most difficult year I've ever had filling out a preseason poll for the big 12 just feels like, I mean, the like Texas and Oklahoma both have like 30 new guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Baylor has earned the right to kind of be the favorite going into the year, in my opinion. But I, I mean, I, this thing's wide open, Matt. In my opinion, how how do you feel? I guess about the league, it's really difficult now with the transfer portal and stuff to know, you know, how these cultures and stuff will mesh. But I, I think it's anybody's ball game. What? How do you view the league? Yeah, you know, I I, I think for from our end of it, you're right. It's hard for us to, you know, I think we've we put so much time, Chris, on on continuing to figure out for us the best way to be our best on the 12 guaranteed Saturdays we have, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we, we've mastered a lot of, of how to build this program and have success. How do we be our best on the 12 Saturdays? Right. And, you know, I think the one thing we learned last year is even in some of those tough losses, man, we played some really good football, but we, maybe we were only playing three quarters of really good football or two and a half. And, you know, I think the, the great lesson learned is 
man, we have to be able to play four quarters of our best football and, and we're never going to play perfect, but, but you want to play as close to a football as you can play each and every Saturday. So, you know, I, I think for us, it's been more of an internal look. We, we know, you know, conference wise, um, man, I think top to bottom, you look at this conference right now, everybody can beat anybody on any given Saturday. Yeah. I, I really believe that. And so when that's always the case, and I think we've proven that for ourselves, you know, whether, whether, whatever it looked like on paper, good or bad, we've proven, you know, we can play really well and beat anybody and we can maybe not play our best and it cannot be a pretty football game at times. And so, you know, I, I think from our end of it, it's been such an internal look at, man, how do we master ourselves here and how do we continue to be our best on those 12 Saturdays we're guaranteed? The, the other question I got, and I feel like I'm pretty good at answering questions about Iowa State football in general. I didn't know how to answer anything this week about your kicking game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it just totally wide open going into camp? Because that's what it seems like to me that you guys are just going to have a big tryout. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think for – there's internal optimism, obviously, about where that room is. You know, Chris, I, I think that was an area really two or three years ago when you're living in the land of the margins, how critical the kicking game is to yeah. your success, right? Absolutely. And I think we have done a great job in terms of, you know, really recruiting and understanding how critical at the punter position, at the long snapper position, obviously at the kicker position that we want to be both kicking from place kicking and kicking off. And I do think we have a lot of talent, maybe more talent collectively than we've had. And obviously you're coming off a year where Andrew Mevis may be one of the best talents that, that at least we've had since we've been mm-hmm. here at Iowa State in the kicking position. But, you know, I, I, I look at our punter position there's there's three guys that have all two guys have punted in college football games you know Cameron Shook uh Garbarini both guys that have had um played and punted in college collegiate football games have talent and and showed really positive things in the spring and then obviously you talk about an Ohioan and Perkins is a true freshman coming coming in so you know at least Christian you know he's a guy that's punted in the in the cold and understands yeah. what the Midwest feels like you know when it's time to go punt so I, I think those are positive in the punter position and the kicker piece of it, you know, Keegan Shackelford is a young man that kind of, man, really was going kick for kick at times with Mebus mm. a year ago, which is exciting. That's I feel good. really great, yeah. great about him. Drake Nettles has done great things yep. in our program. And this young freshman from Oklahoma, you know, who's Gatorade player of the year down there um, as a, just an athlete and Gilbert, man, one of the, one of the great talents that I feel like we've, we've been able to get. So <laughs> I think, yes, some unknown, but I think most excitingly about those positions is there are talent and there are guys that are really going to go in and compete. You're not going to settle. The cream's going to rise to the top. And I think these guys are going to push themselves and hopefully push our team even more forward in the special teams area. That's good insight. Cause we don't get to see these guys yeah, kicking the in love, the scout right? team and stuff. So, you know, we look at it and, Hey, Garbarini? Who? Like, who? Who's that? <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's good stuff. Uh, we appreciate all your time on a Sunday. Uh, thank you. Best of luck this year. I know you'll probably be shutting down into fall camp, so um, go have some fun. I know you love this time of year, so go get them. We will. Well, guys, thank you again for everything. I, I appreciate, like I said, everything you guys have done for us, and obviously our fan base. We, we can't thank you guys enough. We look forward to a really special fall, and we'll, we'll see you in Jack Trice soon enough. All right, want to give a shout-out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. August 9th, Bloom, put this on your calendar. I didn't know this was a thing. Okay. It is International Coworking Day. Oh, 
What's that I, mean? We got holidays for everything. Yeah. Did, they, uh, did my, they really need one? But. Well, my guy Jeff said that it's a made-up holiday, but they're still gonna they're gonna honor it. Anyways, a free day coming up on August 9th for anyone who wants to drop in at any of the Gravitate co-working locations. Nice. And you can do a free day to try out what they do. You know, I'm going to do that. That's a really good idea for them. I'm because do I, that. I, yeah. Maybe I'll do that too. August 9th. August 9th is International Co-working Day. That is a Tuesday. So go to any of the internet or the uh, Gravitate co-working locations, gravitatecoworking.com, where you can find out about them today. And uh, you can go try it out for free. Hopewoodjd.com. That's where I want you guys to go and schedule the appointment. Get your will. Football season's coming up. Five weeks away. We don't know what happens with your heart. No idea. You could drop dead and have a heart attack watching your favorite team. And if you do that, where are your assets going? Have you taken care of your family? Our friend Hope Wood uh, can help with that estate planning today. HopeWoodJD.com. It's super easy. Will in the day program. You can get that taken care of. On that note, um, I was going to make some sort of a death reference with the Pac-12 and the Big 12's like tussle, but I don't even think that's appropriate probably. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, it's man. It, it how about our our buddy George just ratcheting up a notch well, this week? I mean, though. the I get it. Kind of off the top rope. It's a punch at your own weight thing. But like, why isn't he mad at the Big Ten? I I don't know. Like that. This is. Uh, I'm gonna read some quotes. I, mean, okay? I know what he's doing. He's yeah, trying he's, to destabilize. He's trying Big to 12. stir up the right. Big Twelve. He um he says this. This is from CBS. Uh. Quote, Klyakov says, everything gets forwarded to me. It's a constant stream of nonsense. Let's be very clear. No Big 12, no Pac-12 school is joining the Big 12. Uh, I've been spending four weeks trying to defend grenades from every corner of the Big 12. I get why they're scared. I get why they're trying to destabilize us. I was tired of that. That was when he was talking about, you know, why he was all... Fired up at his press conference. Um, in the last year, there's been a move away from collegiality and trust among conference commissioners. That's really, really disturbing. I'll point out: didn't the Pac-12 start all this when yes. they got Colorado? They were the, yes, that was they the started first with, Big Twelve school. They, to it leave. was uh, Larry Scott. Yeah, and that whole nonsense with Texas and Colorado and all that A&M. Because if Oklahoma. I Colorado left, and that's what spurred Nebraska was, to leave. Yeah, I have to, we have to go check the timeline again. Like, did Nebraska leave before Colorado was Colorado? I think it was Colorado. No, it was Colorado. Was first. First. But it was all because of that that uh, rigmarole with Larry Scott, which really started the dominoes to fall. And that was Williams. That was June of 2010. Yeah, I just it was I, crazy. But what I mean, yeah, he's. He is trying. This is like. I mean, they are. They are, they have taken out every single page of the desperation playbook, and they're that running was out. Your, that was your. Read. Yeah, they're running out of pages. Like this is, this is about the end of, end of the end of the rope for them, and they can they can throw these bombs out because honestly, at this point, it doesn't really matter because if this doesn't work, they're they're done anyway. So why why be collegial? I like how he says no one's collegial, and he's the one saying no one else like. Being I mean, again, 
like my thing, I would have liked to have seen him take a shot at the big, the, the, you know, he's an alliance member. They're in the, right, they're the, the ones that stabbed him in the back. They're in the alliance nothing together. Nothing to do with the Big 12. In fact, the Pac-12 could have raided the Big 12 last year and chose not to. And that could have been a whole different story. He he hosed himself. And he should have. He hosed himself. Yeah. Even if he grabbed a couple of the Big 12 schools. I mean, I was. it's, it's kind of baffling looking in retrospect to think that USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington wouldn't eventually want to do this. I mean, that was just short-sighted. In it, there's a story that came out in the LA Times over the weekend that it was USC's president that mm-hmm. didn't want the Pac-12 to expand. So now there's like a conspiracy theory of did USC know that I bet, they were already going to the Big Ten? I don't think they knew, but I bet they were wanting to evaluate all options well, before they lock in a longer grant of rights. Again, and I'm not saying that we are smart, I mean, we, and then I talked about this on my radio show a lot last summer about USC. I didn't, not UCLA, but my point is the rumors were getting to me and you. We did it on this podcast here in central Iowa. It wasn't like this huge secret. Like I I, I was reading our guy Mandel's piece uh, over the weekend about a shocking move from USC to USC. It, I, I didn't think it was shocking. Like, it, the timing of it was shocking. The move sure. itself was not they did it quiet. shocking. They did it quietly, but it, you had but, to expect that. I mean, Clemson, Florida State, Miami are doing, North Carolina are doing the same thing right now. I wouldn't be, would you be shocked if any of those four teams found a way to get out of the ACC right now? No, it's you just the Grand Rights thing is, it's hard. It's different yeah. because the Pac-12s was up. But, I mean, that, and that's really the, the key here. So you, you look into this, and then Kevin Warren takes the stand. And he's... Because they had media He's like, we don't want to turn into, like, Sears. What did he say? Sears and Roblox? What, is yeah. that an old store? Yeah, it's an store old store. Yeah. Too? Yeah. Yep. And, and, I mean, he didn't... He didn't put water on the fire here. You know? He's basically like, yeah, we'll probably expand some more. I mean that's that's how I read to it. So my then my question would be yep. to George Klyakov, why would Oregon and Washington sign your grant of rights? They won't for this new television deal. What's also interesting to me, and I don't if if the Big Ten was going to expand more like quickly. And we're going to know more when the Big Ten television package. Yeah, that'll tell us a lot. Well, because we want to know how long the deal is. Correct. Be, be, here's the thing. If they were going to expand more in the next, like, few weeks, they would have done it by now mm-hmm. because they're they're about ready to finalize and yeah. announce their television package, which you can't add schools in the middle of that, right? So, like, Yeah, unless there's some say, clause well, in there of, like, well, if we add two, then... So, right. my one thing would be... That the Pac-12 could, you know, they're saying we'll react to that. Well, if the Big Ten's TV deal is for five years, then maybe Washington and Oregon would sign a five-year grant of right for whatever this new version of the Pac-12 is going to be. And then, but then they're going to be in this situation again. again. And, and there's and no not doubt even about in five that. years. It'll be in. Three. Three years, because that's when all that stuff gets renegotiated. Correct. Like, what were Texas and Oklahoma, how quickly they departed with three years left on the deal. So, again, my my, my question to be would be to the Pac-12, why would the Arizona schools, why would Colorado want to... We've been in this perpetual cycle for a long time in the Big 12. It's very uncomfortable. Well, and our guy, Clone Chair, had the great tweet that you retweeted 
uh, one of the great followers. Shout out to Clones Jerry. Clones Jer. He's one been of the great, great d- followers on Twitter. He's been doing some really great work there. Yes, at Clones Jer. Yes, he has. Clones, Clones Jer. Man, I, we've known Twitter. him a long yeah, time. He's, he's, he's been a he's a lifelong guy. Yeah. Literally, and he makes a great point. The Big Twelve is the only conference to not raid somebody else. Well, I mean, uh, Power Five at least. Well, kind of depends on how back you go. I right. Mean, you, but did they count? Did they raid the Southwestern Conference? Or the Southwestern Conference no, that was, was like going, killing itself. Was going so yeah, they didn't really raid right. anything. And then and they then, basically uh, joined together. And then West Virginia was left really without a home. TCU was in the Mountain West. Okay, so if you want to say you, you raided a group of five, sure, Big Twelve. That, that's doing different. That, but that's like, different. Yeah. I, I mean, what do you expect the Big Twelve to do? Like, if I would ask George, I'm like George. If you were in the other, if you were in your Mark's position, you'd be doing the same thing. So calm down. Do you like, think this is we the scope get of business? George on the pod. I don't think so. I doubt it. Our, Maybe uh, I bet we could get your Mark. He likes your me. Mark. He liked me. Oh, I would like that. We would be a big, about, that'd be a big get. I talked to him about Jay Z and NASCAR for 15 minutes. You know, like here's my honestly my first reaction. I was, you know, we're hanging out in Omaha, and I, I read the thing on uh, uh, Klyakov. I was like, this guy I dealt with. Jay-Z and Rock Nation. He's not worried about George Klyakov. I like we have Yormark on our, Yormark on our side here. I like, yeah. I, 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 the big, none I of the Big 12 this. schools are going to the Pac-12. Let's just, let's just be honest. It's not happening. So here, here are the two situations right now. Either the Pac-12 has this like fake togetherness for the next couple of years and they stay together. And then maybe they add like a San Diego State and an SMU. And then in that case, the Big 12 stays as it is. Or... Those corner four, maybe just two of them, come to the Big Twelve. Like e- either way, the Big Twelve's not losing anybody in the next several years. The I Big would, Twelve is fine. I would be very happy with just getting Arizona and I Colorado. Think so. I think so. Honestly, yeah. and, and that gets you to what fourteen? Yes. And then, and we'll see what what else, yeah. what, else, what else happens out west. Correct, and or even out east, like I, yeah, I, like when the ACC. Yep. The the ACC is going to go away. Deep deep trouble. In some capacity, they're I mean, losing, they, they're going to lose those those big those big names. And again, it, it just like you think back to last year, just how stupid everything was with that alliance. <laughs> right, like it just was so dumb. The only the and only Kevin Warren yeah. just played those All, dudes. He's the, the, of the of the alliance. Only the Big Ten is going to be okay in this thing. Those other two should have acted. They really should have. They should have known better. What did they say? Like the we're we're, we're anti like the predatory. They used all these right, like we're, dangerous we're words referring to the SEC. Is, it, <laughs> is there a is there a way that at the end of all of this, the Big Twelve and the SEC are kind of allies here, mm. or the Big Ten even? There's there's some rumblings out there about the Big Ten that. This is just really underbelly things that I've heard. Yeah. This is not what I would call to be credible, but there's some underbelly things that the Big Ten is sees the big Did you see the stuff about your mark and your mark said I really or no, no, no. I'm I'm getting all these commissions. Yeah. Warren said I really like Brett Yormark. So I did it, not see that. Okay. Cause he's getting asked about all the commissioners and Warren's like, Yeah, I really like that guy. We've had some really good talks. So the speculation immediately went to they're using each other to destabilize the Pac-12, good, which will enhance television for the other for both properties. Mm-hmm. And our guy, your Mark, I mean, he's you know when he's not texting with Wheezy, 
I, I and, like that he's on our side here. Nothing then, against but Bob. W- wouldn't that make sense, though? Because yeah. you think about it and how the Big 12, how the Pac-12, that is, is, is strictly pretty much an ESPN league now. And Fox is like Elbow Fox and Kevin. is using the Big Ten as like a puppet master here. There, Fox is the puppet master for the Big Twelve or Big Ten. God, this is so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it it's really fascinating. I, and and then if that's the case, though, think about the the Big Twelve when it comes to maximizing television dollars. The number one thing it can get right now is destabilization out west. Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, like. Like, all these guys are like, oh, it's that 1030 uh, television value. It doesn't matter what league that is. Those schools are going to be playing somewhere, and then they will be on TV at that hour. You know what? Iowa State might have a 9 o'clock game in Ames. Yeah. Sorry. If that's the case, yeah, embrace it. Well, and then, like... Get weird. If, like, Arizona State, if they're in the Pac-12, the Big 12, or the Mountain West, it doesn't matter. They're the still time. on, and that's game, that, it's going to be on TV. Thank you. That's what bothered me. The whole, oh, the, the, the Pac-12 has the window. It's like, no. No, the school's, the school's have location the has the window. Correct. Like, calm down. And that's and like the, if, if the Big 12 would add San Diego State and Arizona, just yep. whatever, it would still be still the window. Still have the window. Right? And then when, oh, okay, uh, Oklahoma State's a good TV draw. Bring them out the, west. They're playing in San Diego. That's the window. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even you've seen East Coast teams play at 8 o'clock Central. There's no reason why there can't be a game in Stillwater in Manhattan or names at 9 o'clock. Now, that's late for a lot of people, but you got to understand you're, you're trying to get into the TV windows here. And the great thing where the Big 12 is, and that's why the Pac-12 is trying to throw all these bombs is they're fighting over that same thing because the SEC and the Big Ten, now Big Ten now has USC and UCLA, which they have two of their 16, right, that is out west. But otherwise, all of that 8 o'clock and beyond window can belong to one of those conferences, and that is super valuable. Yeah, I'm not, I've never denied that. No, but, it, but it's, it's, it's even more valuable. People are at the game. What I'm rejecting is this premise that it can only exist in the Pac-12. I totally like, agree. It's so stupid. Like that is so, again, like, it, look it, beyond your nose here. It can also be here. split up. Mm-hmm. Like, none of these leagues are, nothing's regional anymore. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, all these leagues, what is their talking for? Well, we're in all these time zones. Nothing's regional. So if, if USC and UCLA are, every game that they host will be at 1030. Yes. In the Big Ten. Yep. Every game. Yep. Like, their fans are going to get really well, and tired. That's, and that's, that's, uh, 11 o'clock out, out east when yeah, those games are starting. It's not going to be a big noon kickoff. <laughs> no. from it, It's not. No, it's not. Well, Big 12 can part, play the same game. So I, yeah. I'm, I, so yeah. it's going to be split up. I mean, if the ACC would be like, oh, we want a Western swing, Western wing. Like, that's gotten thrown out. Yep. It, it, it doesn't matter what conference it is. The only matter, because those kickoffs will happen, the only thing that matters is the television that owns those slots. And that's what you're seeing here, and that's why everybody's being so aggressive towards the Pac-12. Yep. And if so, I think here's if I'm the Big 12 right now, I aim at those corner two to start right. So if I get Arizona, Colorado, it almost it almost it's, automatically puts Arizona State and Utah on the defensive. Like, okay, we got to go somewhere. But even then, if all those schools stay, I think for the same reason, I look at San Diego State. Absolutely. I look at Boise because that extends my time zone and if we're going to get in a betting war with the the tech companies and everybody else yeah i want that inventory out there i already have byu why not mm-hmm. and tech's close enough 
It's still Central Time Zone, but it's close enough out there. All of this is terrible for fans. It is. It is. It's but I, all but, terrible. But for I fans. like again. I like the fact that 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 Big Twelve has the guy that uh, knows Jay Z in this negotiation. He's texting with Wheezy. He's texting. Yeah, that's that's got to mean something here. All right, welcome back to the pod. So last story, and, and this is. This is a so lot. Bizarre. There's a lot like, going on here. This that is, I, I don't know if I want to wade into the deep end of this one, but go ahead. Jim Harbaugh, he uh, he spoke at a pro-life fundraising event. Oh, so this wasn't at Media Day? Well, no. Thank so goodness. it was. It was a follow-up at Media Day. About, oh, okay. So like I was the, confused by the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, the media found out that he he's like been doing these these deals. <laughs> Uh, here's a quote he told ESPN. This is, I mean, is this, uh, I heard, uh, it's my favorite podcast other than the Cyclone Fanatic one. It's the Dan Wetzel and Pat Forty. Yeah. They do it yeah. a couple except times a week. Except they don't, Forty doesn't like Ames in the water. But well, I don't care. They're the, they do a nice job. Dan Wetzel's the best sports writer in America, in my opinion. I, I think. He's the best. I think I'm going to agree with that. I, I think he is the it. single. Yeah, he's really good. The we best. Should, can we get him on the podcast? I could try. The I, guy loves Bushlight Names Water. Yeah, Let's, no, I, can we get him on? And I tag. Uh, hey, everybody, tag tag t- Dan Wetzel. Say we yes. have two of your biggest fans, and say that especially me. Like he, yeah, he's a guy Williams. who I I know from an early age. Broadly, have looked up yeah. to forever. His book, Death of the BCS, is the single greatest sports book of all time, in my opinion. That I've read. He, I really look look up to him and just the way he conducts himself. He. <laughs> He made a great point that Harbaugh saying this quote, is this a, um impermissible benefit? <laughs> Let that, it, 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 if What's Harbaugh, if What's one of quote? Harbaugh's players knocked up a girl, okay. Harbaugh says, quote, Let that unborn child be born. And at that time, if you don't feel like you can care for it and you don't have the means or the wherewithal, then Sarah and I will take that baby. I'm not qualified to answer that question. Is that against NCAA rules because you can't Harbaugh can't give that guy 20 bucks to buy the baby some formula but like but what's if he's like he I, I will care for your child I, I don't is that an impermissible I, I don't benefit? think it is I think that's allowed really I think that's allowed yeah I mean it's a yeah, financial no ex- benefit to the player but not really there's no exchange of all the media day stories, I not that have expect ever to come read, out. Not expect to read that this week. That was the most bizarre. And I think I read that after our night in Omaha. I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what? Like, did somebody slip what? something into yeah, my Lumen beer? Have, have I been hanging out with the Rosenfels too much? What's going on? Harbaugh's just something else, man. He is something else. I, uh, yeah, there's some things that I'm not qualified to discuss, and that <laughs> that would be near the top. But I'm not surprised that Harbaugh's like, whatever. Let's put it out there. You know what? We always say in the media, people don't have opinions. Harbaugh does. He's got opinions. Harbaugh will tell you what he thinks. I'm for opinions. We should I'm have pro led, opinions. We should have led the Matt Campbell interview today. Uh, w- would you care for a baby? Oh, boy. Kidding. Nobody get ideas at Media Day, Iowa State Media. That's coming up this week. Appreciate you all listening. Fall uh, camp starts. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Let's get some football. The, the It's been a long couple strange. weeks. It's been a strange, yeah. Realignment. A lot of stuff going on. The, the, we really, like, our, our summer got effed early with Tyrese Hunter. Like, that yeah, kind of just was, that yeah, kinda, moved everything yeah. in, like, one direction really quickly. Yeah. 
and it got very spastic there on the basketball front, and then realignment hits, and it just it feels like there's no off season at all anymore, which is fine. It's five prob- weeks away. Yeah, no, it's awesome. That's very uh, kind of Matt to come on the that's podcast. Good. So uh, we and we we promised we weren't drinking too many Cody Rhodes when we talked to him. So that's good too. Well, we did the interview at six right. again. Like I, right? We behaved ourselves, everybody. Yeah. I get, I'm a after eight Cody Rogue guy. Right, right. There's an there's, there's an hour for it. Regardless, uh, appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll be back next Sunday. And man, it's it's August, and uh, we're Four, ready to go. Just keep going. Thanks, everybody. All right, he's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. Uh, like, uh, rate us, do all that good stuff. Appreciate y'all listening. Have a great work week to start off August of 2022.